Dad, is it true that you issued a code red order to talk about a few good men today? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Hello and welcome back to the Why Is It So Good podcast. I am joined by my father, Erwin Middleman, today to talk about the film A Few Good Men. Dad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. When was the first time you saw A Few Good Men and what's sort of your relationship to the movie? Well, I, I probably saw it the first time 15 years ago and I've seen it probably five or, five or 10 times afterwards. It's just an amazing movie. And every time, and I never get tired of seeing it. And you do some law, correct? I did practice law, yeah, but not military law, but I did practice law. A Few Good Men escaped me for a long, long time. And then it was only recently, earlier this summer, um, that I checked it out for the first time and was kind of blown away. Um, it was just so brilliantly written, and I just loved it. So I was super excited when you wanted to talk about it on the podcast today. And I think it's amazing that it only cost $40 million to make. In today's day and age, that's nothing. So we're just going to jump into our top three moments of the movie. Uh, do you want to kick us off with your number three moment? My number three moment would be uh, with Markinson um, is, talk is talking to uh, Jessup. And basically he says, he is not going to leave this base. We're going to teach him to be a soldier. And I think that lays the, the groundwork for the movie, saying that, no, we're going to teach him at all costs he is going to become a soldier, regardless of whether he belongs on this base or not. And I, I thought that was a very crucial moment in the film. Yeah, that was a great scene. I think, is that the scene also where um, Jessup calls like the lower-ranking officer in and tells him to get the president on the phone? Yes, and it the, is. Yeah. yeah, and the other guy, like he doesn't even take it as a joke. He's like, yeah. sure, do you want me to do that? <laughs> I think it was Noah Wiley who did who that was it, but I don't remember exactly. But it was a very funny thing. Yeah, just call the president, uh, and, he, and then he go, he walks outside like he's going to call the president. It was it was it was a little bit of humor in a movie that didn't have that much humor. So. Yeah, I mean the movie has some some solid jokes here and there. It's definitely pretty serious. I mean Jack Nicholson's just chewing up scenery at every every chance he gets, and that's going to kind of that's going to bring me into my number three moment which is the transfer order scene on Guantanamo Bay between Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Basically, like, in this scene, Jack Nicholson's, like, whining and dining, Tom Cruise and Demi Moore. Basically, Jack Nicholson's expecting Tom Cruise to kind of play the part he's supposed to play and, like, go along with everything and not really push forward in this case. Um, but then Tom Cruise sort of tests him and he asks for the transfer order that Jessup had issued, which he doesn't believe is like a real transfer order. And you can see this flip switch in Jack Nicholson and Jessup is just furious. But instead of like yelling at him, he stays real calm and he tells Tom Cruise like, yeah, I'll give you the transfer order, but you have to ask, ask me nicely. And it's just this great, like super tense exchange. And you don't know what Tom Cruise is going to do. But Jack Nicholson's basically like sticking his chest out and being like, like, keep pushing. Like, I dare you. Like, I'll bury you, kid. And Jack Nicholson is just so intimidating. He certainly is. Uh, I think his stage presence at that point in his career was unparalleled. Yeah, I would be terrified to have an exchange with Colonel Jessup in this movie. Uh, okay, what's your uh, number two moment? My number, my number two scene, which is actually going to lead on to 
my number one after that. But my number two scene is where they talk about the truth, you know, where he's saying, Tom Cruise is saying, I want the truth. And, and, uh, and, and Jack Nichols says, you can't handle the truth. And it's such a moving scene because um, it sort of establishes that, you know, there's certain truths that you can't talk about. He also talks about it says, who, who's going to save this country? Who's going to who's going to be on that line? Who's going to be you know looking at the barrel of a gun? And uh, is it you, uh, Lieutenant Caffey? Is it you, Lieutenant Weinberg? And um, it's really it's it's really setting the stage for his personality. And the final scene, which I think is the number one scene, but that's going to be discussed in a few minutes. Do you see any sort of validity to Jessup's perspective? That like he's the guy who's willing to do the dirty things so that everyone else can sort of sleep at night safely. Absolutely, I think the military. You know, I think people in the military do believe that. I mean, and, and it's, there's truth to it. I mean, you know, not not everybody wants to be on the uh, on the firing line. Not everybody has that adrenaline flow in them. And um, he's saying that he says, "You sleep well at night because I'm there protecting you." And that was more of the dialogue. It was it was just a whole moving dialogue. That really, if you didn't, if you weren't concentrating, it would have been a shame to me to miss. No, I think that's sort of what makes this movie so special is that it really highlights that perfect line of morality that goes into this case. And there's these two conflicting perspectives. Um, obviously, I think the big reason Jessup is a huge villain is because he was basically willing to put these two innocent soldiers behind bars for years and years um, in order to keep his hands clean. But he was, he did, he, he they did offer six months. Yeah. He, yeah, no, he was about to become like the head of defense or something. Um, yeah, but if you do say like, is it okay for this guy to put those guys behind bars for six months, even though they didn't do anything wrong in order to sort of keep everything safe? That's a he it's a decent argument. My number two scene, which is really in contrast with Jessup's perspective, is the scene where Tom Cruise offers the two defendants, Dawson and Downey, the plea bargain to take six months in prison and a dishonorable discharge. It seems like a great deal. It's like, why wouldn't these guys take it? Especially with that they could be facing a lifetime in prison. But I love Downey's reaction, and he's just all about the principle. He's like screaming at Tom Cruise. He's super intense about it, but he has no interest in a dishonorable discharge. He feels that he did nothing wrong, and he's willing to stand on that principle. And that's sort of why he became a Marine, because he had this intense code of honor, and he's just not going to flinch on that even an inch. Okay, so that brings us into your number one moment. What is your golden moment of the film? This sort of goes along with number two because it's still a courtroom scene, but basically um, Colonel Jessup wants is ready to leave, and uh, Tom Cruise says, "Where are you going?" And he says, "I'm leaving." And he goes, "No, no, I'm not done with you yet." And the judge says, "Sit down," and and Jack Nicholson goes off and says, "What? You don't talk to me like that." And he and and this is the final scene, really, which really really makes the movie is where he's, uh, he, he's saying, did you order the coat? Tom, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Daniel Caffey says, did you, you know, brings up and attacks him, says, did you order the code red? And he said, and Jack Nichols says, you're damn right I ordered the code red. I thought that was the best scene of the movie by far. 
I think it was a separate scene from everything else. And I think if you were watching the play, there would have been silence in the in the uh, theater. It was that good of a scene. So that's why I consider it the best scene. And while it's sort of linked to the entire class, you know, entire courtroom scene, I think it stands on its own. Uh, yeah, great, great, great choice. That scene is amazing. Jessup, Jack Nicholson, he just feels such a sense of like power and entitlement over everybody, which has obviously been building over the years as he's risen in the ranks. But like, he just feels totally above the criminal justice system. So it's so nice when you see him kind of get checked and like the judge be like, uh, where are you going? And then, of course, he's escorted away by uh, the, the military police. Yeah. So that takes me into my golden moment. Yeah, I'm going with none other than you can't handle the truth. I just think that there's few movie lines that are so iconic and just like live on in popular culture forever. The fact that I hadn't even seen this movie until this past year, but like I totally knew that line and what it was from just proves how far that line has gone and how amazing that moment is. And I just love what a like mental chess match the whole thing is between Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. Like no one, no one sees where Tom Cruise is going with his little case about the flight records and bringing those witnesses in. Like it definitely casts a little bit of doubt and suspicion over the case, but it's such a non-factor. But you can just see that he's like getting under Jack Nicholson's skin and just working him up to the point at which he's ready to explode. And then when he finally does, it's so satisfying. So those are our top moments of the movie. Now we're going to get into some lesser loved moments of the movie. Maybe something a little controversial, something we wish we could change. We're going to lead it off with our Flux Capacitor Award, which is one moment in the movie you would like, or anything in the movie you would like to see changed. Well, I, I think the scene where Captain Markinson kills himself, I didn't see what that added to the movie. Um, I mean, he could have just you know, never come back. Uh, I, I mean, I see what, I see the idea as he said that he was, what, what he was really doing is saying, we, he, uh, Colonel Jessup was never going to let Santiago off the base. That's what he added. And then he disappears basically by killing himself. It was, you know, I can see the purpose of it, but it just wasn't, you know, I mean, it wouldn't have made a big deal. He, he really, his, his role was done at that point. He could have just, you know, he could have been in court, but not called as a witness. So I, I couldn't really see what, what direction they were going to by having him killed off, having him kill himself. So hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I love when it happens. It's such a great plot twist. But I do see what you're saying. Where like he could have potentially just decided not to testify, or he could have gotten up and testified and kind of gone back on his word. Like maybe someone had like bought him out under the table. And basically, he just denies everything that he had told Tom Cruise. So my flux capacitor for something I changed, because this is such like an impressive and amazing movie, I couldn't think of something like serious to change. So I'm going to go with a fun one. I, I just love every time Tom Cruise is on screen playing, playing a little softball. So I would like to add another softball scene into the film. Him and, uh, him and Ross go back and forth about how whether, whether they're actually good at softball or not. So I'd like to see maybe that scene that takes place in the bar actually takes place on the softball field. Maybe they're just like hanging out, talking trash to each other on the bench. I'd like to get into more of the softball culture of the military legal world. Now let's jump into our GOAF award for the greatest actor of all film. 
Who do you think is the MVP of the movie? Well, I, I don't think there's any question who the, who the MVP is. I mean, I, I think it could be, some people could say Tom Cruise, but I think Jack Nicholson. I mean, he is, his, his presence in that movie is so great. It was, I think it was the pinnacle of his career. And I've seen a lot of his movies. Um, I saw The Shining and things like that. And this is just a movie I, I, could, I never get tired of watching the courtroom scene and watching him. So I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, this is an incredible, incredible performance by Jack Nicholson. I am going to agree with you. I just don't think it would be right to give this award to anyone besides Jack Nicholson. I think there's some very good performances. Tom Cruise is like almost effortless as the main character and really carries you through the story. Demi Moore plays kind of like the heart, the moral center of the story, like pushing him to do the right thing. Um, she's great. There's a ton of great people. It's like a, a really solid ensemble. But Jack Nicholson just is at a whole another level. You like feel him every time he's on screen. And he's not even on screen very much. He might only have like three or four scenes in this whole movie. Yeah, I mean, it prob I mean, if I were to guess, he was he probably uh, is only on on screen maybe ten percent of the movie, and uh, but his his ten percent so impactful, it's amazing. Yeah, he's incredible. Probably one of the best like antagonists in a movie ever. I agree. Now we are on to the Jar Jar Binks Award, the worst moment, scene, or character in the movie. Um, I mean, I I, I think uh, Captain Markinson. He's a uh, you know, I mean, him, him coming up and, you know, behind in the in the car behind Tom Cruise. I, you know, that it's hokey. That was really sort of hokey. I don't know what that added to the movie. Um, I, I guess it to, to set the scene for other things. But, you know, that that to me was a George R. Pink's moment. Of the movie. So I don't want to pick on you, Captain Markinson. You, you, you know, you got paid. So don't complain. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't I did. That one didn't cross my mind. Um I can definitely see if you are more of a fan of like a grounded tone, whereas everything else in the movie feels very realistic and him appearing in the back of his car is like super dramatic. For me, I love like movies and like horror movies. So that moment like reminds me of something in a horror movie. So I like it, but I can totally see that maybe like tone wise, it feels a little off pace with the rest of the movie. Okay, so for my Jar Jar Binks award, this is very difficult. It's an amazing movie. There's not a lot of weak moments. Um, and I actually like this scene, but I want to talk about the drinking and driving in the movie. After Tom Cruise finds out that Marcuson killed himself, he's basically like wallowing in misery and like throwing back this bottle of whiskey when he's with Demi Moore and the other uh, lawyer, I forget his name. And basically Demi Moore is like furious at him. Like he's just giving up and she walks out and then she's walking down the street in the pouring rain and Tom Cruise and the other lawyer pull up in the car and Tom Cruise like gets out and apologizes to her but he was just drinking a ton like the second before the second before they drive up to her so i'm like huh like why did why did they need the decision of them to be driving in that instant a it could have been like the other guy could have been driving and Tom Cruise could have been the passenger seat Maybe that would have looked a little goofy, but B, why not just have him come running after her? I understand that it's a very dramatic moment and maybe it makes sense that he's not thinking clearly, but you know, I, I think that in terms of like society, we should have our goals to not include things like that in popular culture. And keep in mind the weather, remember how bad the weather was? 
So he's driving and he's drunk, very drunk, driving and bad weather. Not, not a good idea. Yeah, good thing. Good thing that they did get an accident because not only he would, would he have been taking his own life away, he would have been taking away the lives of Dawson and Downey if he couldn't finish the defense. Sure. All right. So those are our awards on the day. We are moving on to our one final question. Is A Few Good Men better than blank? So basically, each episode, we ask the big question, is this movie better than blank? I try and find a movie that's sort of like of similar quality, okay? Okay. Is A Few Good Men better than Parasite? Yeah, in my opinion, yes. I did enjoy Parasite. Parasite was um, interesting because it was talked about class struggle. I did, they didn't have that issue here with class struggle. I think that that's, that's what Parasite taught us about how, you know, you can't look down at people just because they're not as wealthy as you. That definitely wasn't part of this movie. This movie was more, was a real law movie, a courtroom drama. Parasite was not. Um, but, I, but again, being such a major league, a um, few good men fan, there's very few movies that will ever measure up to that for me. But Parasite was pretty good, pretty good movie. I, see, I mean, the difference is I watched this, I've watched A Few Good Men several times. I don't know if I'd watch Parasite again. It was powerful, but uh, it's a little depressing, frankly. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, a Few Good Men does, at the end of the day, have a very happy ending and like affirming ending. Parasite really goes in a darker place with the ending. Um, yeah, no, these movies are super close to me. Obviously, Parasite, Best Picture winner. I don't know if this was a Best, best Picture winner. Should we Google it? Of course, let's Google it. Um, in the supporting actor race, Jack Nicholson lost out to Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. And similarly, in the Best Picture race, uh, A Few Good Men lost to Unforgiven. So the 1993 Oscar committee, the Academy, really liked Unforgiven. I know it's generally regarded as like a classic Western. I haven't seen it. I definitely want to check it out. I think A Few Good Men, like culturally, has had a bigger impact. Um, and to answer the question, is A Few Good Men better than Parasite? This is really tough. They're both such amazing movies. I'm gonna give the slight, slight edge to Parasite just because A Few Good Men, I think the end really makes the movie where you're watching it and you're really like doing, you're enjoying it and you're doing some work to keep up with it. That's how like smart it, smart it is and the writing's so amazing. But then it sticks the ending and that really brings it all together and makes it like this amazing movie. But for me, Parasite has the minute by minute enjoyment factor where I'm gonna enjoy watching the beginning just as much I'm gonna enjoy watching the end. And they both touch such interesting issues of like morality and power, power dynamics. Um, both amazing movies. I love them both so, so much, but I'm gonna give a slight edge to Parasite. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Why Is It So Good? Thank you, Dad, for joining me today. Is there anywhere you would like people to check you out, see, see more of your work? No, I'm not, a, I'm not that active on social media. <laughs> fair, fair. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we would love to have you again at some point. Have a wonderful day. You can't handle the truth.